Welcome back to the Teacher Fit Podcast, the Flow Podcast, where this week, myself and Mrs. Allison Carmichael share some lessons learned from our recent reading. We, we didn't know we were both going to pull from some recent reading, but both of us, when we got on and we started sharing, both of our ideas that we wanted to bring to the table were from books that we'd recently read. So a very cool episode just to shoot from the hip and talk about something we want to share with our community. Be sure to check out the show notes, check out the books we shared, some very valuable tools with everything that we're going through right now, the uncertainty, the changes we see every day associated with back to school. So enjoy the episode. Let us know what you think and please leave us a five-star review if you like the show. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Flow Podcast powered by TeacherFit. We are excited to be back. Myself, Nick, and I am blessed to have Allison Carmichael as our co-host. Allison, how are you? Oh, doing just great, Nick. We're uh, trying to see how we can get kids back in school here in Arizona. Yeah, I know you were originally supposed to go back at the end of July. What is the discussion? I know things have kind of popped back up in the state of Arizona, if I'm not mistaken. So I would love to hear kind of what that's looking like. I know everyone else will probably watch Arizona and see what they're going to do and try to steal their brilliant plans. So we'll see. Yeah, um, I will tread carefully through my next few words as to stay out of politics, et cetera, et cetera. But um, we were supposed to, our, our school district and a few others here at the end of July were start to, supposed to open up. And so what most districts are doing is uh, offering options for families. And most districts are offering an all virtual option, which even kindergartners would uh, go through an online course um, that would would be um, provided by a third-party company. Um, the other option would be to come into the school building, and you can imagine there's a lot of families that need that option to be available so that they can go to work. Um, so uh, we're kind of in this position where Arizona is now um, – my husband keeps track better than I do about uh, the cases, but I think we are, Arizona's faring the worst right now in the country as far as COVID um, numbers are concerned. And so um, it's just been hard. And so our governor has, at least at this time, postponed the opening of the buildings until mid-August. And so we're going to start schools in a virtual um, setting. Uh, and then we're going to welcome our kids whenever the governor says that we can. So we're kind of planning. It's almost like three different routes. So we're planning an all virtual third party um, platform for families that can um, do at home learning. And then this other platform, which is going to be partially virtual, at least until we can open schools and then welcome them back to, to the campus. And obviously you as a school leader with all of this uncertainty and change and a need for flexibility on all parties, but specifically yourself and your staff, you as a leader, what are you communicating down to the lowest level of your staff with regards to what they should be thinking about, how they should be conducting themselves, whether that's 
wellness or preparation? Like, what does that look like in 30 words or less? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's hard. Actually, it's funny. I made a video for my teachers today because it's hard to email. Email is difficult for staff. Uh, they just, it, there's no tone, tone and voice. So I've been videotaping myself and I have to do it like repeatedly. I had a 17 minute video, a 13 minute video. I finally got it down to six minutes. So um, I, I'm just trying to say, you know, these, this is, these are the precautions we're going to take. This is the direction from our governor. This is the direction from our district. Here are your options. Um, and then I always, I think I've actually said this on the podcast before, I lead with a family first mentality. I'm a mother of three. I am a wife. I am other things before being a principal. Um, I, I'm a person that wants to have hobbies and wants to work out and have a life. And so, and, and really that's where second arrow all came from, right? Is that I didn't want my, my, my 30s and 40s just to be my career self. So um, I impressed on my teachers and staff that they, their health comes first. And if they're ill, they're staying home. And if their family's ill and they're concerned that um, there's things that they can do to take care of themselves first. Yeah, I love that. And I love the video messages. I don't know if you study leadership or you've read a bunch of leadership books, but there are top level, highly influential CEOs that, you know, work for these huge corporations that that's like one of the first things they do when they come into a company that needs to be turned around or kind of head in a more positive direction is like, weekly face-to-face -face videos from their desk showing that they're human and they actually care about the employees that really impacts change from the bottom up. And I think that's a powerful lesson that you know you are doing currently and other educational leaders can do. I'm actually working on a wellness through leadership presentation for um, the Canadian conference that keeps getting post postponed um, and another conference because I think that's that's where it all starts. And you're kind of showing that taking care of yourself. If you do that and show that you care about your staff, you know, they're obviously going to care about themselves even more. So I'd love to hear that. No. And I had, I, I, although I read on leadership, I had not read that. So now I'm going to save this clip and send it to my superiors and let them know how great I am. So <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> I, I will definitely give you a five-star review on, on Google or wherever I can find you on Yelp. I'll Yelp principles. Thank you. I think it'll get me far. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Should. All right. So I know you are crazy busy. So I want this to be a quick episode, but always, as always, our goal is to fill a lot of value. So continuing on the path that we created last time with giving some realistic, actionable takeaways, you had the idea to talk about something you and I have learned recently over the summer and share that learning with others. So hopefully they can learn through us. You know, there's the quote, and I'm going to butcher it like most of the quotes I try to share on this podcast, but, you know, great minds learn from their mistakes and like brilliant minds learn from the mistakes of others. And that is not even close to the quote. So please don't hold me to that. But, but you get the gist. Um, so that's the kind of focus of the episode today. We would love to hear your feedback. We would love to hear what you're learning in the comments or shoot us an email, info at teacherfit.com. But Allison, you're in the hot seat. I said you were going to go first because you always have just a brilliance with words and I get to follow that and try to compete. So 
<laughs> I love it. So competitive. All right. So I, I have to story tell a little bit. So my lesson um, or, or the thing that I learned uh, recently, I'm going to uh, story tell first. So about three weeks ago, I had to go into the um, it was a, a regular procedure, but I had to go into the hospital and be sedated. It's a long story. I actually write about it on my blog that I have. So if you're interested, but I'm not going to get into that long story. But anyway, hospital, totally fine, healthy, but I had to... Um, uh, go through a procedure. So um, I was linked up, you know, they stick all those stickers to you all over and you're laying there and, and they're looking at the screen and the first nurse asks me, are you an athlete? And I thought to myself, I almost laughed out loud. No, Nick's <laughs> nodding his head. No, yes. I am not. <laughs> Nick, I look at you guys. I'm like, I cannot do all of those things. So I'm just, you know, I like to try to stay active. You guys know that. And I'm, I'm doing my run thing. But um, I almost laughed out loud at her. And I said, well, I used to be, you know, in, in college and high school. But I didn't really know what why she was asking me. Um, later on, um, I, I, it was after I came out of the pr uh, procedure, so I had been sedated, so I was waking up super groggy, and um, my monitor um, started beeping. And what had happened was my heart rate went so low that it set off the monitors that like tell the nurse to come check on me. So she pushes like, are you doing okay? You know, you look okay. And I was like, yeah, I feel fine. Um, uh, I don't know, a minute or two later, again, the monitors went off again and I was beeping like crazy. And she asked me, this is a new nurse. Um, and she also asked me, are you an athlete? And I said, well, I try to run a couple times times a week. Um, and finally, I figured out it was my heart um, was the reason that they were asking me that. And I, I was like, look at me, like brush my shoulders off. You know, I was so proud of my like, look at look at me. But what I had done that morning in the car, I was nervous. I was nervous about my procedure. So I was doing a lot of breathing activities. Um, and then in the waiting room, because of COVID, nobody can be with you. So you're just alone in the waiting room. And I was reading a book and doing some breathing activities. And I think it's just my long practice along with the um, these breathing activities that helped calm my body and re um, slow my heart rate so I wasn't into an anxiety or panic there at the hospital but it slowed it so much that that the nurses you know thought that my heart rate was that of of an athlete which again makes me kind of laugh so I'm taking my um, lesson from this book called Just Breathe and it's by Dan Brule I'm going to show Nick on the screen here so it's about, it, he, he's a military man, um, and uh, he did a lot of underwater um, uh, practice um, and actually talks about um, uh, surfers and underwater practice that uh, famous surfers do. Um, so one breathing activity that I want to share with you guys that was the, the one that I was practicing in the waiting room, um, they called a heart rate variability. And the um, outcomes could be 20% lower heart rate, 20% lower blood pressure, and 20% lower cortisol levels, which is, of course, the stress hormone um, that makes us all nervous and anxious and everything, and just a million other you know, positive outcomes from this activity. So the, the HRV, the heart rate variability activity, 
um, you do uh, you attempt to get six breaths in per minute which is a five second inhale and a five second exhale with then you know, no, no um, pausing at the top or the bottom of the breath. So um, five minutes in through or five seconds in through the nose um, and then turn it around real fast and almost like you're breathing through a straw out through the mouth. So it's kind of goofy and you might want to be, you know, in your room by yourself because it might make a, a noise or something if you're embarrassed by that. But five seconds in, five seconds out. If you do that, that's obviously 60 seconds uh, for, for one minute of uh, six breaths per minute. And he encouraged uh, the reader to do this for five minutes and to try to do it three times a day. Now, at that time, I was just reading the book and I was trying all of these. Uh, I was actually reading it mostly when I was camping. And so there I was up in the woods, like doing all these weird breathing activities <laughs> right next to our camper. But um, that one I was doing in the waiting room and I really do it. It, it created a heart rate that that projected um, that of an athlete to these nurses, which I thought was pretty impressive um, and obviously works. You know, I think sometimes I have a hard time reading philosophy or things that are not tangible. Like I wanna know how does it work and I wanna know the science behind it. And that's why I think ultimately I got into meditation is that I finally understood the brain chemistry action that's happening up there, the science behind it. So um, this is something that can help all of us um, to be healthier in general, um, but to also in high stress times like we're in, you know, find a sense of calm. But, you know, you, I, I, I did um, one of Gina's workouts this week and you, you watch Katie doing the um, yoga and they're talking about the breath too. Um, so we're, I mean, the breath is important whether you're running or, you know, working out with a, a weight over your head or um, in, in yoga. So I think it's, probably paramount. So that's what I learned, Nick. Yeah, I love it. Um, you know, obviously, this, this is going to be a stressful time, like you're experiencing with trying to figure out what school looks like, teachers, parents, administrators, the whole nine, anything we can do on a daily as a daily practice to lower that cortisol level to de stress to be calm, when we're having these discussions, when we're thinking, when we're alone, whatever it may be, I think is so, so valuable. I know myself, sometimes my brain is just going crazy, especially at night when I lay down, I'm like, oh, I got a thousand things to do. What can I do? What can I do? What I can... That's like my, my stress is thinking I've got a thousand things to do. And breathe, I do box breathing, similar with a little bit more hold on both ends, but I can literally feel my heart rate just like, slowing down after just a few sets of box breathing. So I know exactly what you're feeling. It's such a powerful tool. And I'm looking forward to hearing that practice in one of our upcoming guided meditations that I can listen to and practice. But you for, got it. For those of you that are interested in that book, we will definitely put the book in the show notes. Make sure you can check that out on Amazon. I don't think Allison's sponsored by him or gets any affiliate <laughs> kickbacks. We no, wish. No. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I will try to find, I'll actually try to find the book on Amazon. So you guys can check out the show notes and just go over there. You're not going to, there's not going to be any tie to us. Maybe we'll get a kickback one day. Um, but I love that. Mine also comes from a book. I am like you. I like to hear actionable items. You know, I, I took a lot of, 
modern and ancient political philosophy classes in college. And that was probably the last time I wanted to take those. I was lost the whole time, I think. But mine comes from a book by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. And it is actually called The One Thing. And that's what I'm going to share today. Um, with Again, with so much going on, whatever you're going through in life right now, whether it's still summer break in Kanakam, you probably think you have a thousand things to do with your children or a thousand things to do to prepare for the school year. The focus of this book is figuring out the one thing that you need to focus on for that time block or for that day or for you know the week, the month, whatever it may be, and really going all in on that practice. And I don't have a big story to tell to really bring you in like Allison, but you know, my struggle on a daily basis is I want to work out. I want to run. I want to bike. I also want to grow teacher fit. I want to create content. I want to call Allison on zoom and, and chat and record a podcast. I want to do all of these things. And a lot of time I'm good at good, good at everything, but great at nothing. And that's my struggle. And that's why this book is super important and super impactful to me. And really what it gets down to is this one question and I'm going to read it. And if you didn't catch it all, or you want to write it down, it'll obviously be in the show notes, but you can stop, go back and take a listen. So the question is, what is the one thing I can do so that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? One more time. What is the one thing that I can do so that by doing it, everything else will become easier or unnecessary? So for instance, we can tie this to multiple aspects of our wellness, of our daily life, of our work. So if we just plug in a simple word or two to make it fit. So what is the one thing I can do so that by doing it, everything else will become easier or necessary in my fitness goals or in my mental wellness? And for me, for instance, I know that if I work out in the morning, if I get that done, everything else, eating healthy, you know, getting work done, everything else becomes easier. If I go for a run in the morning, the rest of my day thinking about fitness becomes unnecessary, right? And it's setting things in place that are most important to you. For instance, Allison is first a woman with a family, a wife, a mother. You know, what does she need to do first thing to make sure that aspect of her life is taken care of so she can therefore move on to the next thing? So on a daily basis, I would ask myself that question. I would block time to make sure I take care of that myself. I work in 45 minute time blocks before I take a break. So I question, what's the one thing I can do so that by doing it, everything becomes easier. 45 minutes, let's go, let's block it out. I knock that out. It may take one time block. It may take two time blocks. It may take the whole day of time blocks, but I continue to work on that one thing. Once it's complete, I reevaluate, re-ask myself the question with possibly a new topic or now what is most important. If I've already knocked out my fitness goal, maybe a business goal is most important. Reaching out to school principals to talk about teacher fit. That is most important. Now, let's block it out. What's my goal for the day? I want to talk to 20 principals, 45 minutes, 45 minutes, 45 minutes, short breaks in between. And then the task for your day start to get easier and easier and easier. And you start knocking out thing after thing after thing, as opposed to going 90 miles an hour, 60 different directions, and you really never get 
where you want to go on any aspect because everything's important, but nothing gets done. Wow, that is gold. I love that. I love that line. And I think that I, I have so many ideas floating in my head right now about what you just said. I think um, we've talked about um, structure before and you've called, uh, I, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but something like structure is freedom. Is that some, something you would have said? Yeah, it's probably discipline. Discipline is free. Oh, I'll figure. <laughs> I will know these by heart one day. I got to. I got to shout out to Jocko Willink. I think he's the he's the author and the former Navy SEAL who just who quoted that. But yeah, discipline equals freedom. Well, it's you to me, Nick. You were the one who told who opened my most eyes. <laughs> That's what's most important. So, but really, I think about structure and when um, we were asked to. Uh, teach remotely and we all had to go inside our houses and figure out how to do the day like our whole world was thrown upside down in our structure of our derby and that made it hard to know when I wake up what do I do and I started to realize okay if I just write down a list of three things what three things do I need to get done today and and some of them were big items like teacher evaluations but like you said I could chunk them um, like one day I'd get through these 10 teacher evaluations the next day the next 10 um, I think that that's a great way to look at that and I, I think in the mindfulness you know practices we talk about being present and so there's so much in that quote about being present you know I guess you can multitask to a, a point and we want to accomplish you and I are accomplishers a lot of the people that I see um, on teacher fit and and reposting things we're trying to get things done and make the the world a better place and all of that's really good but it's overwhelming at the same time and so if we can just do the one thing that's in front of us and do that well before going on to the next thing um, that's a whole lot of the the mindfulness practice right there so I think that's a very valuable quote in a, a book I'd probably be really interested in as well yeah definitely and when you were talking I was even thinking for teachers who are in you know, the virtual landscape moving forward, you know, obviously I don't think, I don't think, and I'm not in the classroom or the virtual classroom, but I don't think you're going to be able to get the students to grasp as many things as you could in person, right? It's going to be much more difficult. So if you ask yourself this question, what is the one thing I want my students to grasp so that everything else becomes easier or unnecessary? And that one thing is, I don't know, simple math, whatever it may be, the alphabet, the first five letters of the alphabet. And if you can focus in on that small piece, everything else becomes easy. Um, and then reevaluate and continue to move forward and continue to move down that, that line of progression, I think is a powerful tool. Yeah, and you nailed it. That's so true. We're um, it's devastating uh, to us in education um, to know, you know, that this is a hard time for our little learners right now. And I say little because I'm in elementary, but uh, all the way up to thinking about kids in biology and anatomy and and sociology and all the high school level courses um, that they're asked to learn on online right now. Um, we know that that's not the best way to learn. I mean, that's why we're teachers as we know we we're the best avenue to convey that information so i think that's a great lesson stick with those big blocks those big essential questions um, in the in the curriculum calendar and i think that's a great reminder 
Absolutely. Well, Allison, it has been a joy. I hope everyone got a couple good takeaways from that. I will make sure to link the show notes with both books and Allison's blog that she's going to send me the link to to make sure everyone gets access to that. Um, we'll be looking forward to the next article that's on there. And if you guys have some great books you'd like to recommend to us or a lesson that you recently learned or you're looking to implement in the new school year, we would love to hear from you. Comment on the social media posts where you see this or shoot us an email. We would love a five-star rating a five-star rating and review on any place that you listen to podcast. Allison, anything before we go? No, stay safe. Be well. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> stay safe. <laughs> that's I, be that, well. That's my advice today. <laughs> I love it. All right, guys. Have a great day.